family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And uh, to the standing between the living and the dead. <clears throat> Prayer, devotional, memorial, family evangelistic service. It has grown over the past nearly 800 services. Since the coronavirus plague pandemic, came in, pardon me, my beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the chronological uh, Bible episode number 550 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order if you will this unique viewpoint this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading 1 Kings chapter 10 uh, verses 22 through 29. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you for your holy word. I thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Lord, for those of us who are born-again Christians, help us to individually uh, humble ourselves and confess our sins, our faults, and our failures as we are approaching Communion Sunday, if you should tarry your coming, and if you would allow us to live. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of all of our sins, our faults, and our failures. And uh, wash and cleanse our hearts and minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ, and make us to be whiter than snow. And uh, Holy Father God, crucify our flesh as saved people. Help us to die daily to self and fill us, Lord, afresh and anew 
with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Father God, I still pray and thank you for giving me the liberty to pray about this uh, openly as I prayed about it behind the scenes for over 34 years. Uh, my wife who is here helping in the ministry and who's doing quite well this morning, I still pray for her salvation. I pray that she would humble herself and uh, uh, and uh, admit her need for you uh, and to become a born-again Christian. And you're putting me in this position as the only pastor she's had for over 34 years as well as her husband. Uh, I have not seen any fruit of salvation and you have taught me that part of Christianity very well. And so uh, I pray that she would submit to you, submit to her husband and go ahead on and do that willingly, cheerfully and joyfully. If I ask her to pray to prayer, she's, she would pray it. But it, she has to, this has to be something that comes from her heart. <clears throat> like the time she apologized to me and to our children for not being a good wife and a good mother and a good woman. And uh, that, that came from her heart. I had nothing to do with it. As you know, Lord, I was totally shocked because of her pharaohistic Jamaican style pride and stubbornness and rebelliousness uh, that she gets from her mother, from her aunts, from her father. And, uh, and well, she's done better than they have done. Uh, and she has chosen not to divorce uh, her husband. And we have both chosen that, and so I know it's shocking, Lord, to some people to hear a pastor pray for the salvation of his wife uh, at this late date in the marriage, over 34 years of marriage, close to 35 years, seven children uh, who are doing quite well. Uh, Thanks to you and your leading me to raise the children by myself and uh, having to insist on her doing her part. I pray, Lord, for this now, and I'm so glad I can pray for this now out loud because, and publicly, because my children need to know why uh, their mother did not want to hug them. My children need to know why. Uh, their mother did not want to say, I love you to this day. And, um, uh, and so I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> that you would save not only her, but all of her family that are religious and lost, all of my family that is religious and lost, including uh, um, 
I believe my mother and my two sisters and some cousins, male and female, aunts and uncles, church going but not saved, as I have been doing for years, so she's not the only one. And I thank you for leading me to pray this way openly and freely because uh, this is done publicly. Hundreds of people gather around from around the world. And Lord, I pray that they would examine themselves, that they would come to know you as Savior when they realize they're not saved, that church goers. And uh, Lord, we can all see from all that has happened in the church over the past three or four years and all of the exposures that many people who are in the church, including pastors and preachers, pastors' wives, deacons and trustees, are just simply not saved. They're religious but lost. Black, white, red, and yellow. Uh, they are uh, traditionalists. And uh, like the Pharisees and Sadducees, carrying on traditions and not having a real relationship with you. Something is dead wrong somewhere. And Lord, you have shown me this. As you know, Lord, as an evangelist, being a very optimistic person, I have always wanted to believe if you say you believe in Jesus Christ, you're saved. But you have taught me and you have changed my prayers and you have changed the way I address people. Uh, you have changed uh, how I address people now. I call them those who uh, claim to be Christians. Uh, those who name the name of Christ because many people in the church are not saved. And so we pray that Lord your Holy Ghost would move upon the hearts of people to come to know your Savior even during this hour. Lord, I'm, I'm just as shocked as, any, as anybody else, Lord. I just never, early on, I never thought that way. <clears throat> I never, I just didn't want to believe it, how corrupt and evil and pharisaical and sadduceical we are. Lord, we have a bunch of hypocrites in the church. Lord, you know it. Now, you have been gracious and merciful and loving to us. But, Lord, you knew all of this garbage has been going on in the church all of these years. But you're so loving, so merciful. You give us so much time to, uh, of space to repent. And, and we didn't take advantage of it, uh, Lord. And, and, and some people couldn't take advantage of it because they were blinded by the devil and lost and on their way to hell, too. So, Lord, we pray that you would save the religious and the irreligious, even today, for the day may be their last day. In light of the fact of elderly people going to the grocery store in Buffalo, New York, of all places, did not know they were going to be met with a demoniac, a person demon-possessed with a gun. Beautiful, angelic, bright children who are home with you now. That's the only that's the only consolation out of this mess. That those children went to your lap and you hugged them 
and receive them one by one. I don't know about the adults, but Lord, I know that the children, those angelic-looking children, beautiful children, uh, they're with you. And my heart is blessed by that. And Lord, do not, do not, <laughs> please, <laughs> Lord, do not make me cry up here today. I'm happy for those children. I'm saddened for the parents. And um, so, Lord, uh, comfort them as only you can. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast uh, the devil and the demons of hell in the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Uh, Lord, out of my own wife, Marika White, and out of people in uh, my family who have this issue and problem in our ministry and uh, in our church and other churches and ministries around the world so that your holy gospel and your holy word will continue to go forward regardless of what the devil does. Please rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, uh, Lord, from our family and our ministry and all other ministries that stand for you. And uh, Lord, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And uh, deliver each and every one of us today from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right. And to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Thank you, Lord, for letting me pray that again. It feels so good. And because it's so true. And Holy Father, God, help us all who are saved and born again to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways and repent of our sins. And to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving around the world, as only you can do it. Lord, I don't need to know everybody's name. We do pray for some people by name, as we will today. And it's good to do that, and we are glad to be able to do that. But Lord, you're so powerful you don't require us to know their names. You require us to pray for them and commit them to you. Because you're the God who created them. Not only do you know their names, you know how many hairs they have on their head. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Lord, we pray that you lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord... Uh, we pray also uh, today that you would protect, uh, Lord, 
our family and all other families that name the name of Christ. Lord, that's all I can pray. Protect us, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And Lord, uh, we pray that you would lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our feeble hearts and minds. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity, and tranquility of mind and heart. Lord, lift up those who are discouraged. Many of them, Lord, as one lady pointed out, are in the ministry, down and depressed and defeated because the members have not come back. Some are contemplating suicide and some are contemplating quitting and some have quit, over 50% have quit. And now we have hundreds and thousands of preachers exposed like the Catholic Church in addition to that for sexual molestation and rape. And uh, and Lord, as you know, that's only the the tip of the iceberg. So, Lord, we pray for the victims. Uh, No wonder we have an explosion of homosexuality in our society, in this nation, and in this world. Because bishops and priests and pastors have molested children and raped children and raped the nuns and raped the women in the church or tried to rape them. Uh, One preacher, as you know, with 44 accusations unheard of in the history of the church. And Holy Father God, we pray that uh, miraculously and mercifully remove this man from the ministry. Uh, Move upon the hearts of people to stand for what is right in your sight. And uh, Lord, we pray also that you would uh, deliver us from all of our, uh, help us all to truly confess our sins and repent of our sins and do right by you and turn away from our sins and do right by you. And then, Lord, deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Deliver us, Lord, all who name the name of Christ from all spiritual and mental and physical and emotional and family and financial and uh, student loan debt, student progress problems among our young people so battered they don't want to move forward. And Holy Father God, help our young people to make the right decisions and to do the right things and go on for you in their lives. We pray also, Lord, for uh, 
all people in the world. Thank you for your mercy shown in the midst of wrath and chastisement and judgment and rebuke which you have led me to pray from the beginning of this plague that you would be thorough with us and Lord you're doing that and thank you for it. There's some people in the church don't understand why this is going on but I, I, I thank you for it because we need it. We needed it very badly. I'm amazed how long you waited. And so Holy Father God, uh, I do pray that you would protect your people uh, from a housing crisis, uh, all people from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and utilities crisis. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray giving you all of the glory, praise, and honor, and help us to do that. And uh, Lord, help us to lift up your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, who sits at your right hand. Uh, Lord, grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, your freedom, your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to teach your Holy Word. Pardon me, Lord, to preach your Holy Word and to preach your holy gospel. Save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving. Through your holy word. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing thus saith the Lord the Word of God the Holy Bible at 1st Kings chapter 10 verses 22 through 29. For the king had at sea a navy of Tharshish with the navy of Hiram. Once in three years came the navy of Tharshish bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. So King Solomon exceeded all of the kings of the earth for riches and for wisdom. And all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wisdom, which God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present vessels of silver and vessels of gold and garments and armor and spices horses and mules a rate year by year and Solomon gathered together chariots and horsemen and he had a thousand and four hundred chariots and twelve thousand horsemen whom he bestowed in the cities for chariots and with the king at Jerusalem. 
and the king made silver, <coughs> pardon me, to be in Jerusalem as stones and cedars made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the vale for abundance. And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt and linen yarn. The king's merchants received the linen yarn at a price and a chariot came up and went out of Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and an horse for 150 and so for all the kings of the Hittites and for the kings of Syria did they bring them out by their means shall we pray holy father god we pray in the holy name of the lord jesus christ we thank you so much for the power of your holy word for those of us who are saved and born again we know it above all other books in the world it does something in our souls our spirits and our minds sometimes we can't even put our finger on it to the marrow of our bones it is unique and I pray that you will help us to take heed to it and not to our flesh and to the devil and to other people but to take heed to your holy word to learn from it to apply it to our lives and to obey it because sometimes Lord there are not any commandments for us to obey strictly but there are principles that your Holy Spirit shows us uh, in the passage that we can apply to our lives so Lord help us to do it save those who are lost revive those who are saved as they hear the gospel right now ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus family friends and foes and foes in the family and to the standing between the living and the dead service family members my beloved this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the scripture and the sense podcast number 973 where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it the understanding of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible knowledge commentary and or the Matthew Henry commentary this podcast my beloved is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where the Bible says Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly 
and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God, which is a very powerful thing, by the way. We used to do it in our churches. And look what has happened since we have taken uh, the reading of the Word of God by itself, no comment, out of the church, trying to be cute, uh, trying to uh, appeal to people instead of appealing to God anyway. The Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, the understanding of it, It is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened. Today, beloved, we're reading Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Holy Father God, bless and anoint the reading of your holy word and give us great understanding of it. <clears throat> so that we can obey it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in behold he shall come saith the Lord of hosts ladies and gentlemen I just read in your hearing Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 Pardon me. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it. With the help of the Holy Ghost and the Bible Knowledge Commentary of Dallas Theological Seminary. Malachi directed the attention of the faithless and hopeless questioners to the future. Though some have taken my messenger as the writer of this book or as an angel, it seems best to see him as a future prophet. Yea, Jesus explicitly identified this person as John the Baptist. Now remember, this is the last book of the Old Testament. The fact that this messenger will prepare his way harmonizes with Isaiah 43. The coming of this messenger was to be the first of a twofold uh, eschatological event. The second step would be the coming of the Lord in his day shall we pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word and for your servant John the Baptist and for our Savior Jesus Christ. 
And Holy Father God, we pray that you would save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, and glorify your holy name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Dear friends, this passage speaks about Jesus Christ coming in the last book of the Bible, Malachi. And he came. Hundreds of years later, he came. He came for you based upon the word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? You need to. Because first you need to understand and accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws. You have sinned against God as I have, the Pope has, the Dalai Lama has, even Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America, has sinned against God. We're all sinners. Stop being proud. Some of you are so proud you, you can't admit your sins. Some of you are so proud that you can, be, you can get caught with the cookie in your mouth and still lie and say you don't have it in you, your mouth. And people can see it as plain as day. You can steal and, and have the uh, contraband in your hand and, and, and steal lies so you don't have it. You're so proud. You're so proud that you know you're lost and you won't get saved in the church, serving in the church. Some would consider you faithful. Pride has damned many souls to hell. Humble yourself down and admit that you're not saved based upon your own track record that you know about. Some of you have sinned against God by lusting and coveting what other people have. Many have sinned against God by uh, being disobedient and uh, uh, children who dishonor their parents and disrespect their parents and join others against their parents. Some of you have dishonored God by using God's name in vain, swearing, using God's name. You know you're telling a lie, but you will swear, you will affirm, and use God's name in your lie. God does not like ugly as the old folks used to say. We all have sin in other words. I just named five of the Ten Commandments that we all have broken. If we are of age, we're not talking about the little children who uh, got killed by a person who was demon possessed. They're in heaven. You don't have to worry about them. They're doing fine. <laughs> 
Okay, that's, that ought to be a comfort to you. It's a comfort to my heart. I know where they are. And God was not shocked by anything, and, and he was prepared for them. And they're enjoying eternity, I can assure you. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a sad penalty and punishment for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. That means that you're going to die because of your sins. And if you, and if God allows you to die from this earth, now listen, if God would allow children to die, old folks to die in a grocery store when all they're trying to do is pinch pennies and pick up a few little knickknacks, God, if he will allow you to die for your sins, and he will, he will allow you to go to hell if you do not pass by the cross and believe on Jesus Christ and repent of your sins. So third, accept the fact, dear friend, that you're on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43 through 48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life, than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. These are the words of none other than Jesus Christ. Yes, the one that the world honors on Christmas Day. People who don't even believe in Jesus Christ, they have to tip the hat to them on Christmas Day. Because everything shuts down for the most part. On Easter as well. I said the world has to, at least, they may not bow down all the way, but they got to tip the head to the Savior. It's almost like they're forced to do so. Because if Walmart closed down, America closes down. <laughs> oh, yes. And you better get in there on e uh, uh, Christmas Eve by 6 o'clock. Because you're going to be through. Because Walmart loses billions of dollars for Jesus' sake. I don't know how long they're going to do it, but that's what they've done for many years. Ever since I've been saved, they shut down with a whole lot of money on the table in honor of the greatest man who ever lived. The God-man, 100% God, 100% Jesus. 
born of a virgin, a woman who never had been touched by man. who never sinned in word, thought, and deed. Can you say that? No, you can't. But some of you proud people will look all kind of and be slow in answering that like you, you, you are like that. You're not like that. You're a sinner. Listen, listen to me very carefully now. There are people so sick of sin in their lives, sick with sin in their lives, they're so proud that they find it hard to admit that they have ever sinned, and some have said, even a president has said, uh, I've never had to repent because, I mean, basically uh, suggesting that he had never sinned. It's a lie. We all have done evil. Jesus Christ never did evil. And then he voluntarily, as the Lamb of God, the uh, Passover, the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God for everybody in the world. Oh, we have a Passover too, like the Jews. Join in with what they had in the past. It's the most remarkable story in the history of the world. <coughs> Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, by the way. We just got through talking about. Paved the way for him. And said he must increase and I must decrease. And he said behold the Lamb of God. How about that? Who taketh away the sin of the world. For you and for me. He paid for all of our sins. He paid our sin debt. And all he wants you to do is believe in him and he'll take care of the rest. You say, well, preach, I want to get my life together first. It doesn't work that way. So I'll come back and talk about this later. You may not have a later. No, you'll be dead and gone by the time you get your life together. We, We can't get our lives together. Only Jesus can. Huh? So believe in him, have faith in him, trust in him to save your soul. For he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for our sins, a cruel death. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God, and all you have to do is believe in him. Hell is bad, bad news. Bad news. You do not want to go to hell, my friend. But the same Jesus who said, For God so loved the world, this is the good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life is the same Jesus who preached the bad news about going to hell if you reject him. I have to preach it like this because most preachers have never preached on it and and, and over 50% have resigned 
and over 30% are corrupt. And so, Lord, uh, so, dear friends, we only have a few preachers left to preach the truth to you. You're going to hell if you don't repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes together. Once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you you instinctively know. You instinctively know that you ought to get your life together. You ought to repent of your sins. So, preacher, how do you know that? Well, because of what I said earlier, some of you are are talking about right now. Yeah, I hear you, preacher. I I agree with that. But, you know, let me me get my life uh, together first before I come to Jesus. You know why you're saying that? You instinctively know that when you come to Jesus, you must change your life. You must repent. And he will help you do it. You just believe right now, and it's same, same. And that means repentance. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. It's not a second step. Once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're turning away from your sin, and you're trusting Christ as your Savior. And you already know that. So just believe in your heart, dear friend, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God Almighty for you so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul and he will. For Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead Thou, you, shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Why do I have to say that to you? Because most of you don't know you're going to hell like I. I was raised in church with a Baptist preacher, pastor. Very loving man. And with a preacher mother. We're members of the Baptist church. The Pentecostal Holiness Church. The Pillar Ground of the Church. (laughs) Pillar ground of the true church, the love center, disciples of Christ, were lifelong members of all of these churches and then preached in other churches. And I was lost and on my way to hell. And I didn't know it. My neighbor and my friend, one of who should have been a national football league player, junior, is in hell today because he didn't know either. He didn't even go to church. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. Believe right now, dear friend, in Uh, The Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there are blessings in this life too. He'll give you peace that pass of all understanding. Joy unspeakable. I'm not going to tell you everything's going to be easy because it's not. I'm not going to tell you he's going to give you prosperity. Which the false prosperity gospel preachers preach. Because he may not do that. In fact, most Christians are poor. Contrary to what people believe. I cannot tell you that. And those who are 
uh, prosperity gospel rich is based upon credit. They look rich, but they're not rich, and so therefore they're not rich. I can't tell you everything is going to work out wonderful and dandy for you. It's not. Jesus promised that in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. See, that's the part. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Put your trust in him and everything will be all right. So, my dear friends, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ right now while you have a chance. In the words of the old preachers, while the blood is yet running warm in your veins. Let's pray the sinner's prayer together. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. I have indeed broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart, in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe in uh, his gospel, his good news for us sinners, that he came as the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God to pay our sin debt through his shed blood. He suffered, he bled, and he died for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I believe that you suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart, my spirit, and save my soul today from the hell that I deserve to the heaven I don't deserve. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness newness of life, Lord Jesus. For it is in your name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Go to gospellightsociety.com or Gospel Lighthouse of Prayer and read my book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believed in him, as Jesus Christ uh, preached to you and taught you to do, uh, as your Lord and Savior today, please email us and let us know so that we can rejoice with you and also uh, send you some information that will help you to grow in the faith to be the strong disciple of Jesus Christ and follower of Christ. You can email me at dw3 at Gospel Light Society or whatever email is on your platform. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we will resume our service, the Standing Between the Living and the Dead prayer and devotional service, already in progress, if you will. And as we have done in nearly 800 services, we go to the family segment, or we go to the uh, family verses. I have dubbed them the family verses. I've never heard anybody else uh, call them the family verses. In fact, I believe most pastors, most pastors' wives, and most church leaders, so-called, uh, they don't even deal with this passage because they do not want to upset the people. If you can upset the people with the word of God, they're not God's people. Understand that. I, I, well, I'm trying to build a church here, man. I, they're not, you, whoever you have in the, the audience, and they're upset for your preaching from this passage or even reading from this passage, Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, and you don't, and you're concerned and worry about the women getting upset, then you don't have a church. You, have, you got a group of people. Because saved people do not get upset with the Word of God. They do the Word of God. In fact, if the Lord tarries is coming, and I live, and I feel healthy enough and strong enough, I'll be back tonight preaching a new series uh, with the help of my son, Daniel Ezekiel White. Uh, I didn't know we were going in a new series uh, that quickly, but uh, according to uh, preaching through the book of Matthew, that's where we are. And uh, we're preaching a message tonight titled, I believe, uh, uh, Jesus Christ uh, expects his disciples to be disciplined. That doesn't sound that exciting, but uh, the word of God for the saved person is always exciting. Okay? I am far removed from the days when I first started preaching and it was all about the title. It didn't matter if the word matched the title or not. The title, you had to get, you had to get that title right. It had to be hot. Modern and interesting. I remember when I was a young preacher boy. That's what the preachers, older preachers, called you when you was a young preacher boy called by God. 
I read a passage one day. <laughs> we were so interested in the titles back in those days. We're talking about almost 42 years ago. I read a passage in uh, Psalms and um, about David was sinking in deep mire. And I read back and preached a title one time, titled, the title was Standing on Shaky Ground. <laughs> I added to the passage of uh, Book of Revelation where there was an earthquake in the Book of Revelation. <laughs> Woo, I thought that was hot stuff, Jack. It just is unbiblical. Uh, had nothing to do with the passage. Nothing. But I, I went with it. As soon as I announced the title, Standing on Shaky Ground, boy, I, th I thought I had something, and the people thought I did too. They said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Anyway, uh, God taught me over the years, it's all about His Word. It's not about the cute titles. The power. You, pre you just preach my words. Uh, don't worry about the title. I'll give you, oftentimes God does not give me a title until... I'm in the message, like I did last night. Okay, so uh, Ephesians six four. This is where we are. We do each section three times. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And uh, this is a very interesting passage. First of all, God is speaking directly to fathers. Whether you fathers like it or not. The wife is the mother and she needs to do her job under your leadership. God is reminding you that you're the head not only of the wife. But you're the head of the children. Don't get all big and bad and full of gusto that you're the head of over your wife. And then leave the children to her. That's, that's going to be a mistake. Really big time. And that's what has happened in the American way. Uh, someone lied to you and told you to delegate your children to your wife. God didn't tell you to do that. She is to help. My wife helped me by changing all diapers of all seven children. I've never seen a diaper. I've never changed a diaper. Like some, I saw a man the other day. Uh, I felt so sorry for him. Uh, his wife had him to change the diaper. He tried to act like he was happy about it. And she was standing over frowning at him. Because he was doing it in her mind wrong. Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all know women like that. I, I thank God I, I, I don't. Uh, so she helped, and she, and I, I told her straight up, you're going to nurse all seven children. You say, preacher, did she do it? Yes. We never had any formular or similac. I didn't. I didn't even know that still existed. 
she helped by doing that because I can't do that. See, see, there's some things, man, you can't do. You can't. You really can't be a mother. My children are hurting to this day because they never had a loving, caring, you know, kiss your boo boo mother. She was just not that. Okay, they're hurting to this day, trying to find a mother, seeking out their grandmothers and aunties and cousins and everything because they never had a mother. They called me the father and the mother when they had pure hearts. And I don't have a motherly bone in my body at all. I was glad to hear a man who probably at one time used to say he, he taps into his female side. I was glad to hear that he said, you know, I really don't have a female side. I'm a man. I, I really don't know what's going on inside of a woman. And I know that many women want us to know and, and be very, you know, go, go on a journey for all of our lives trying to find out what a woman is and what a woman... That, that's, that's not what God really wants us to do. And so many of you men, you sweet evangelicals, bless your heart, you have done that. Trying to tap into your woman. So let me tell you something, sir. God didn't give you a woman's side. God took a woman out of your side. Okay, and she is a woman, and you're not that. So, so trying to tap into your woman's side and going on this this dumb journey of trying to find out how your wife ticks so that you can please her, you're going to turn into an effeminate. And become her girlfriend and not her boyfriend, uh, her husband. People, that's what has happened. And then once you do that, guess what, sir? She's not interested in you. And she's going to go and try to find a musty, hairy man, man who does not have a clue about being a, a woman. Like you do now. This is stupid stuff. You're not a woman. Now, my children called me the father and the mother for years. Now, I appreciate that. And they had to do it because she was not stepping up and being the woman, the wife, and the mother she should be. But the, but the dirty work that she had to do that I needed her to help me do, she did it. And quite frankly, she did a good job at that. I, ne I have never done any dirty work. I've never washed any dishes After a while, by and by, after uh, I noticed she was not washing her hands before she touched the dishes and things, I, I have, before I put my food on the plate or before I get my food, I, I required that it be rinsed off. And then I had to make sure, and I would rinse it off, rinse my, my, my plate off. But I had never washed any dishes or anything like that. She's washed all the dirty dishes, and she's never really had a dishwasher. Okay, so, uh, you know, the dirty job she did those, and that was a help to me, because I didn't want to do those jobs. I had more important things to do. I have to preach, and I'm not going to be doing your job and my job, and that's what some of you men do. And so it's disgusting, and you need to stop it, and some of you are stopping it. Glory be to God, put a stop to it, put a stop to it, hashtag put a stop to it. It's foolishness, man. You can't do your job and provide for the family and, and, and do your job for God and, and, and then do her job too. That's not, she's no help to you. 
And I have I have told over the years, now if you're not going to do your job and you're going to have a nasty attitude about it, you really don't need to be here. Because you have no, uh, I have hired you on as my wife to help me. Oh, oh, she's an employee now? You can go crazy with that if you want to. You know what I mean. I This is what I believe. I believe a wife, a woman, needs to put out and help her husband love and care for her children and do it full time and do it with joy. And sometime in life you may not feel like doing something, but you just do it. Ask Anne Graham Lotz. She wrote one of the most amazing articles. I believe she preached it too. She titled it uh, How I Saved My Marriage When the Love Ran Out. And she, she used the passage when the wine ran out, when Jesus Christ had to work that miracle. For some of us do believe that love equals wine and wine equals love. Excuse me. My Baptists, y'all been doing some other things, so don't say nothing. Don't you say, some of you Southern Baptists, I love you. God bless you. Don't you say a thing to me about anything. Because you've been doing other stuff. Uh -uh. And I love you. I, I, uh, don't you say anything about wine drinking in moderation. Don't you say a thing. Anyway. The father is the head of the wife and the children. And he's going to be held responsible before God for the wife and the children. Whether you like it or not. And God does not want you to get angry provoking your children to wrath. You can be angry and sin not. But if you, see, because, see, God understands this because he gets angry. God is angry with the wicked every day. And, and, and God has set man up to be like him in his image. So he already knows what's in them. A man can get angry, and some of you men get angry where you sin against God. Even with your children. And God does not want you to do that. Pushing them to be wrathful. But rather God wants to wants you to lovingly nurture them. Pat them on, in other words, pat them on the back when they good do good. At the same time, God wants you to admonish them. Nurture and ad admonition of the Lord. Of the Lord. Now not, not your law. The Lord's law. Okay, always make it biblical with the children. Always make it biblical with your wife, <clears throat> my dear friends, men. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Always keep it in the parameters of the Bible. Point your wife and your children to the Bible as to why they ought to do what they ought to do. It's based upon the word of God, not your law, not what you say. But God's word. And that will keep you out of the danger zone of anger and, and pushing your children to wrath. 
of the Lord. The nature and admonition of the Lord, not of you. See, this is why we have, I know you don't want to hear it, but this is why we have today a young lady on TikTok. She was not in the home at the time. Thank God. Uh, all of this divorce and remarriage and so-called blended families, nothing but whoring around, glorified, whoring around, glorified adultery in God's sight. We got a, a, a so-called famous pastor right now writing very eloquently about how he's divorcing his wife and come to find out she doesn't even know that uh, he's talking about divorce until later. In the eloquent, wonderful speech, he admits, neither one of us have committed adultery, and neither one of us have done this or that, and so, uh, therefore, sir, preacher sir, you really can't get a divorce, according to Jesus' words, and you know what you're going to do, because you have to have it, both of you. You're going to end up marrying somebody else. You probably already got somebody eyed out and spied out. Ah, you devil. Huh? Oh, we all want to do that, man. You're not doing anything. Sit your behind down somewhere and pray. Huh? Until this passes over. Oh, we all would love to uh, get us a new thing. Male and female. She would like to get a new thing, too. And if you're not careful, she got her eyes on somebody, too. Okay, they, you have not done it yet because you fear God to this point. But you have convinced yourself by the divorce meisters in the church that it's okay to leave your wife and as the Bible says, put her away for no reason. The devil is a lie. Preacher brother, sit your behind down somewhere and pray until this passes over. And stick with your beautiful wife. Before one day you see her marching down the aisle with Bo Peep. It's going to break your heart. You better, uh, not only is it cheaper to keep, it's better to keep her. My wife has not been a good woman, a good wife, a good mother. But I'm committed to staying with her as long as she wants to stay. She can go and leave anytime she wants. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And she's right here serving with me as she has for the past 34 years. And I believe she's lost. And on her way to a devil's hell. And I, we are not even discussing marriage. Uh, we're not even discussing divorce. That's not even up for... Uh, discussion. In the words of Rodney Queen, that's not an option. It's an option for her. Um, uh, now, if she forsakes me and she abandons me, I think I'm free. Uh, to get me a, a beautiful young thing. I think. What do you say, Dr. Piper? I don't know. But that, that's not even where we are. F for me, I'm not there because I feel what Jesus Christ said. Living in adultery? No. I, I, don't, I don't want no parts of that. 
Do you know there are preachers right now who have not married somebody else because they fear that? Because see, see, that means if you if you break up your marriage for uh, any other reason other than adultery and fornication. And uh, uh, personally, I believe it has to be a gross situation because there is the option of forgiveness as Christian people. But uh, you you can't get you can't remarry in God's sight because you're going to be living in adultery. And what that means to me is that you're going to die in adultery. That means that you are lost and on your way to hell. See. Because as Anne Graham Lotz pointed out in her wonderful article, if you are saved and born again, you can love Danny, her husband, when she was not feeling the love. And Danny probably was not feeling the love either because the love runs out, baby. B.B. King tried to tell us, the thrill is gone, baby. The thrill is gone. You say, preacher, is the thrill going out of... Your man, yes, it's been gone a long time. I wish I could lie like some of you all and tell you the thrill is still there. But the love is run out. That is that human love, man. See, God's love will show you the benefit of staying together. Can you still hear me real good? Right here. God's law will show you the benefit of staying together with your wife. Every day he'll show you. There are great benefits too if you stay together. Great benefits. All I'm doing right now is praying for my wife to get saved so that she can enjoy it even more like I do. I've enjoyed my marriage. He said, you enjoyed your marriage... Uh, Against a proud, I mean, with a proud, rebellious, stubborn Jamaican woman, uh, and 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 she's not even saved because of her pride. She did not love her children from her heart like she should. She was had to be made by you to tell them I love you and I hug and and, and hug them, in which they would cringe when she did it because they knew she was faking it. You say you enjoyed your marriage? I have enjoyed my marriage 100%. I would not, I can't. Because see, I got married for sex so that I could have sex legally in God's sight and not be sinning. And she has not failed in that department. So I have loved my marriage. I, I love it. That was the most important thing to me. I may be wrong for that. Ladies and gentlemen, I may be wrong, but the Bible tells you to avoid fornication. Get married. Because you're going to be sinning if you don't do it. Huh? And for that reason, and, and let me help you. Staying married together for that reason alone is worth it. Some of you women don't believe that, but you men understand what I'm saying. And staying together more importantly than that. For your children is worth it. So I have got to go. So we're going to end that section. And some of you are saying, I'm glad you, 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 you do that. Uh, anyway, 
Let's pray for other families, families that are not saved and families that say they are, and for other people. Holy Father God in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for this magnificent time. Together we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, we pray for the salvation of all families that are lost in the church and out of the church. And help them to, because if they're saved, they will take heed to your holy word and do what your holy word says. And Lord, uh, revive Christian people. Uh, and if they're saved, so-called Christian people, those who call, uh, who name the name of Christ, Lord, if they are saved, they will obey your holy word regardless of how they feel as well. Pardon me, Lord. And Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray uh, for all uh, people who name the name of Christ, Help us to confess our wicked sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. Lord, loving all people and reaching all people, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of all of our ungodly sins and help us to repent in the church and to truly get saved. For, Lord, the reason why we have not done many of these things is because we're just not saved. People are just not saved, not born again. And uh, Lord, for those who don't even have the, the desire to love all, to love you, to love all people, with all, to love you with all of their hearts and to love all people, and to reach all people with the gospel, Lord, help them, Lord, to come to know your Savior. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we pray for all people who name the name of Christ and who are saved. Lord, they may be down and out. Help us all to humble ourselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways and repent of our sins and get back to you. Our first love is amazing. As the songwriter said, what well, a little talk with Jesus uh, will do. And so, Holy Father God, we pray for all ministers of government, save them all, revive those who are saved, cast the devil out of all of them, and help them to do right by you in leading uh, their respective jurisdictions and areas so that we may lead peaceful lives. Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that uh, you would do this around the world, and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And Holy Father God, protect and provide for and bless and deliver your Christians who are being persecuted in Nigeria, in China, in America, and around the globe. And it's going to get even thicker for us as time goes on in America, Lord. Uh, nobody ever thought that before, but it's a reality now. And we pray that you would give us, all Christians, your grace to stand 
and uh, give us your grace in our trying hours and then in our dying hours. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ now for, yes, all of the millions of people who are hurting from the coronavirus plague of long continuance in multiple ways, uh, that you would comfort them and strengthen them and uh, uh, draw them to yourself for salvation. But we also pray for some by name, as we've done for nearly 800 services. Uh, Lord, we pray for the family and friends of California resident, Manuel Juarez. We pray for the family and friends of Kansas veteran, Jack W. Breitenstein. And we pray for the family and friends of Ohio veteran, Nicholas Lesko. We pray for the family and friends of Massachusetts veteran, Frank Zalshi. We pray for the family and friends of New York veteran Joseph Sippel. And now, Lord, we pray for all of the prayer requests that have come in. We have another uh, praise report and prayer report in today from Pastor Bushibi, all the way from Kenya. We thank you, Lord, for the souls saved at their church meetings. Thank you for the good report from the meeting in Soroti. In answer to prayer, thank you for Timothy's recovery. Please heal Melanie's eyes and bless the surgery. We pray, Lord, for Cecil. Please protect them as they travel to a family reunion and bless the Sunday school and worship service. Help them all to return to their homes as new creatures in Christ Jesus. We pray, Lord, for Rose. Please restore uh, Dixon's uh, eyesight and bless his restoration surgery with a successful outcome. And Holy Father God, we pray for all of the people, thousands who have sent in prayer requests, uh, Lord, and never told us to stop praying for them. We pray for them all, that you would bless them all with salvation, spiritual, family, life, uh, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings as well. Protect them from the coronavirus as well. And Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry, and from this pulpit, by your grace and by your might and by your power. Most recently, Sasim Pajaja Dennis in Kampala, Uganda. We pray for Mobisa, Junior, Ogega, and Joshua. And we pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to Christ. Uh, something that you have done totally, because I don't give this invitation, nor have we invited the people to write us and let us know that they have, uh, after hearing the preaching of your word, come back to you and recommit their lives. So we give you all of the glory, praise, and honor for this. And we pray for Jagdish, uh, Sylvia, Lumbasi, Catherine, and Dorothy. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's all stand for our closing prayer. If the Lord tarries and we live and... I'm healthy enough, enough and strong enough. I'll be here tonight preaching 
Jesus expects his disciples to be disciplined. Tonight, uh, around 6 Central, 7 Eastern, if the Lord tarries his coming and we live. Let's pray. Holy Father God, thank you so much for blessing this time together today. And thank you for speaking to our hearts in multiple ways. And Lord, we pray that you'll help everybody. <coughs> Lord, under the sound of my voice, uh, Lord, to uh, pray without ceasing, everybody who's saved. Save those who are religious and lost. And save the irreligious. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake by your power. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as we listen to, I'll fly away.